Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 239 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, man? Well, I have Peach Mango Bang to plug this week as it's powering me through another episode of Fully Posable. Have a little bit of news to talk about, and aside from that, everything's good, man. Let me just say, if you are one of our listeners who does manual labor for a living, I respect the hell out of you. Jeff, I was tearing out carpet and padding yesterday, busting baseboard off walls because we demoed our downstairs. Dude, I am so sore today. I don't know how manual laborers do it day in, day out, sometimes seven days a week. I have so much respect for what those people do. It's insane. I do it one day. Okay, so the last time I did it was about three weeks ago. I was sore for four days. I did it yesterday. I am super sore. I guarantee it's going to be like two to three more days of just being sore. I can't imagine doing this five to seven days a week. I respect the hell out of guys or ladies that do any sort of manual labor. It, I mean, especially at my advanced age, we all know. Dude, <laughs> it broke me. I'm like pop, popping aspirins. It's crazy. But uh, aside from that, everything is really, really good. Peyton's 11th birthday came and went. She had an awesome birthday, had a great time. We are still trying to figure out how school's going to work, though. Kind of weird. We haven't uh, gotten her teacher yet. School started Tuesday. Today's Thursday. She still doesn't have a teacher. She has books. She has a tablet to do her work on, but... We just don't have a teacher yet. So a little bit weird. It's this learning curve, I guess, with what they're going to do for the new school year. But aside from that, all good and ready to talk wrestling figures and other lines. Without a teacher, what work is there? Well, there is none. She's essentially getting an extended summer break. So to kind of go behind the curtain a little bit, Peyton is going to be on independent studies for at least the first semester. All the rest of the kids are distance learning. And it's mandatory. They have to do distance learning for the first month of school or until Governor Newsom opens things up for schools to go back into session. So once schools open up to go back into session, the kids that are on distance learning are actually going to go back into the classrooms physically. Peyton is going to be on independent study at least through December, which is the first semester. Because of Cindy, we don't want to take any chances of her going to school, catching something, bringing home to Cindy. Same reason I'm working from home. So Peyton is going to be on independent study. The kids that have uh, been put on distance learning, they have a teacher, they have curriculum, but logging into the school isn't working correctly, some of the class stuff isn't working right, and with the independent study side of things, half of the teachers haven't even been put under contract yet. So they don't even have teachers for all the kids yet. They told us, but sometime between Wednesday and Friday, we'll find out who her teacher is. It's Thursday evening, and we still haven't heard from anyone. So it's just a really, really weird time, dude. And I'm like, before we came on and and started podcasting, you and I kind of had a quick conversation about this. Like, 
man, back in elementary school for us, if, if there was a pandemic, it would have just been, okay, stay at home, read chapters so-and-so in your book, and you better do it or else you're going to get hit with a switch or something. There was no <laughs> technology for us to be able to do things from home, so it's good that kids can do it, but I don't think that they planned far enough ahead for the pandemic issue to think it was going to last beyond August, even into September. And they just didn't have enough time to get all the technology together to make distance learning slash independent studies a thing and to make it work. So we're just kind of riding out the wave and going with the flow and see what happens. You know, there, there's definitely going to be a learning curve to all of this. And again, this is kind of like the new normal for now until there's a vaccine. So just like I said, riding the wave, seeing what happens. We're not too stressed about it. And I know Peyton isn't for sure. So right now, Peyton is playing with LJNs and Nintendo, right? <laughs> no, Jeff, that would be us. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a and good don't point. forget the Remco's and the LJN Bendems as well. So Peyton's playing with those, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, she's doing uh, Road Warriors versus uh, the fabulous ones. Actually, ooh. right now in the crappy cardboard Remco ring. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad she's living the gimmick with the uh, wrestling figures. Oh yeah, she's keeping it old school. Uh, things are going well over here. Got Candy Apple Crisp, Rage Who Podcast with you, brother. Sounds good. You can get any of our shirts, any of them at all, from Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. We have a new design coming up. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Posable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on fullyposablepodcast.com, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes like Scott. This week it comes in from Hank503. He gave us sweet five stars, and he says, For the love of figs, Jeff and Scott truly are lifelong fans and collectors, and it comes through each and every week without fail. If you enjoy collecting, you appreciate their enthusiasm for wrestling figures and more. Thanks for all you guys do for the wrestling figure community and doing it while being humble and welcoming. At Hank503, hashtag FigLife. Thank you very much, Hank. Hank's a great follow. Go follow him on Twitter, at Hank503. Thank you, Hank. Thank you very, very much for the kind words. And thank you for picking up on the love of wrestling figures. It's just, we grew up with them, and we never lost that love. We never lost that passion for them. And it's been just a lifelong connection or collection, really, that Jeff and I have shared since, what, 84, 85 and we just we never lost that love for the figures and we're glad to share it with you guys every week lost that love and feeling huh yeah <laughs> we have not lost that love and feeling sir was that an 80s song no gosh that was 60s maybe oh. 70s uh extra points if you know who sang it jeff righteous brothers you're old <laughs> was i right yes you're right I'm oh. old too. <laughs> what made me say 80s? I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a little before the 80s. Oh, all right. I'm happy I got the Righteous Brothers. Okay. <laughs> You're old and stuff. <laughs> you can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, Foco, hit them up. Jeff. Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do. And Foco.com is here to help. With Foco's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
FOCO's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from FOCO are handcrafted and hand-painted to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to FOCO.com now. That's FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, where at checkout, load up your cart with those brand new Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, Edge, or Triple H bobbleheads, and at checkout, use code WFP10, save yourself 10%. Love those guys over at FOCO, WFP10 gets you 10% off. Scott, did you do any finger poke of doom? I did one very little bit of Finger Poke Doom. I did pre-order the Red Ninja from G.I. Joe Classified Series 2. That was the only one I hadn't pre-ordered originally. And I was kind of on the fence. And somebody put up on Facebook earlier, Hey guys, GameStop.com has the Red Ninja for pre-order. And that was kind of it for me. I had really been on the fence. But the more I was thinking about it, I'm like, gosh, I'm going to have all the rest of them. He'd be the only one. So I broke down and pre-ordered the Red Ninja from GameStop just to make sure that I get them. I don't want to chance the retail thing because it's just crazy right now trying to find those things on the pegs. Uh, I did do a little bit of live toy spotting. I did go to the San Ramon Target and they did not have any new G.I. Joe classified figures. And the only wrestling figures that they had on the pegs, they had Bobby and Razor from the New Legends line. And they had the Matt Hardy from the Danny Davis Build-A-Figure set. And that was it. But you know what's funny is every Target that I've been to has had the War Games cage. And of course, you have to buy two of them to do the actual War Games cage. Otherwise, it's just a cage match play set. But every Target has stock on those. So that's pretty cool to see. And if I was, man, anywhere from 12 to 15 years old or younger, I would be begging mom and dad for two cages. Now, if you were to get them today, would you be putting a cage on top to replicate the WCW or NWA war games? Well, that's kind of the problem. I guess you could do it on one of them, but to have it over the top, that because that was the way I played. I never played hands through the ropes. I don't even know if we've ever had that conversation, really. Were you a kid that put your hands through the ropes and wrestled, or did you go up over the top of the ring? I was up over the top. I was too, but I've talked to people that were like, yeah, I would stick my hands through the ropes and wrestle. And I'm like, oh, wow. that I, I never even considered that. That's like weird to me. I, I, I was always an up over the top of the ring guy. So to cover both sides of the ring, I wouldn't be able to play. So for me, I would probably just have one side up. And the side that had the cage on top, that would be the side that Sid and Brian Pillman were on. I see what you did there. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember you would get upset with me because I would put too much weight down on the LJN ropes. Yes. So you were like, no, dude, you've got to go over the ropes, but you can't kind of like rest your wrists on the ropes. You've got to hold your arms up. And I was like, I don't like doing that. I like resting my wrist on the on the top <laughs> rope. And well, and then you would be like, oh, well, that's why your ring is so jacked up, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. your ropes are losing all their slack, dude. They're going to be just like nothing after this. You're just going to hang. No elasticity to them. Right. Hey, elasticity. Remember we were using that word in the first few episodes? <laughs> yes. Yes, we were. And hey, that's why we ended up getting two rings. I was like, this little mofo is not going to wreck my ring. Get your own. And you did. 
I wrecked the middle of the ring because it was it was like cracked in the middle and stuff. Uh, yeah, I wrecked that thing, dude. Too many Bundy and Andre slams in the middle. Oh, way too many. <laughs> so I I did do finger poke doom. I did add on to my deluxe classics. I got Rick Rude, and I got El Matador. Oh, very nice, dude. You know what's funny is the Rick Rude. I don't know why I didn't buy that because I did have a little bit of money back then. I could have purchased maybe one figure. But, dude, that figure was so beautiful, just with the robe on and the icy title, because at that time, Jax was doing the colored icy titles. They would put a little color into it. Right. And, dude, I don't know why I didn't buy that. I kick myself all the time for it, because even though I didn't have much money, I would still go to Toys R Us and look at figures and see what they had on the pegs and everything. And if there was something that I needed to have, then I would break down and buy it. Did you at least get a decent price on it? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been seeing it for about eh, 50 to 55. I got it cheaper than that. Oh, excellent. Okay, so don't kick yourself too hard for not buying it back in the day. I know, but I wouldn't have to be going back and doing this. But that was back then, 12 years later. I'm able to do this now. Well, at least pricing on the Jax Deluxe Classics hasn't gone as crazy stupid as all the other lines like the LJNs and Hasbros. And you know what's crazy is even Remco's, the... Hardcore collectors are really coming out of the woodwork and they're starting to recognize how great those Remcos were. Specifically, Jeff, the Matt Manias. Those are yep. really starting to go up in value to where now, I mean, even for you and I to try to complete our Remco set, the the Matt Manias are going to be essentially our green card Hasbros. And I don't know that we're ever going to be able to afford to add them in. If we do, it's going to have to be like bare bones and not super great yep. condition, no accessories for sure. So it's just insane on the pricing. So with that said, I'm really happy you were able to go back, quote unquote, fill some holes in your collection <laughs> and not have to pay too much for it. Yeah, these figures are awesome, dude. I love these figures. The Shawn Michaels in the red I thought was great. Well, going back and looking at how great the figures are too, like that's another cool part of being a collector. Like, you knew they were cool at the time, but now, like you said, 12 years later, you're going back and completing your collection. You appreciate them even more now. And that's part of the beauty of going back and kind of backfilling in your collection. That's great. Yep. Also, I received a painting from Sammy Evans, Seth at Ringside Art on Twitter, Drew Venzel, Eric from Doing the Favor, Nick Haddix, and Dobro. They all chipped in and got this awesome, awesome Heart Foundation painting where it was split down the middle and half of it had Bret Hart's face and Jim the Anvil Neidhart's face on the other side. Oh. Dude, it came out so good. That's awesome. The gentleman that did the paintings at Davy Painting, he did an awesome job. I love this picture. I'm putting it up this weekend in the room. I just have to move a few things. I got a lot of figures, so I just got to nip, tuck, and kind of move and adjust. I'm, st I'm just saying you need to go into your other room, dude. You may as well start hanging stuff in the other room. Uh, I can't, dude. Uh, I'm just saying either that or put an addition onto the house. Put a second floor <laughs> on there or a second story. So Sammy, Seth, Drew, Eric, Nick, and Dobro, thank you guys so much. That picture just meant the world to me. Each one of you, thank you. Literally from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. Scott, we have a lot of news. What do you say we jump into it? Well, let's jump into it. But first, let me throw out a big thank you to Dobro because I didn't mention it on the show last week. It's not wrestling related, but Dobro, being the amazing dude he is, sent Shannon and I some Japanese whiskey 
and a 12-pack of Corona Seltzers a few Saturdays ago. It made for one hell of a fun Saturday night, and Dobro, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Shannon's heart, thank you so much for that. It was unexpected. It was super kind of you, and it just goes to show the person that you are. If you're not following Dobro, the man, do yourself a favor. Inject your social media with a shot of positivity and love. Follow Dobro. He's the man. Dobro, thank you. And now we can talk about news, Jeff. (laughs) Well, he's one of the nicest guys in the world, dude. Like, legit one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, if you don't like Dobro, something's wrong with you. (laughs) I think he has a shirt on uh, What a Maneuver that says that. (laughs) Yes, it's the truth. (laughs) But that Japanese whiskey got Scott feeling good. Scott dancing to Eskimo Cowboys, Hypa Hypa, it made my Saturday night. (laughs) Don't you mention that song on this show again, sir. It's Eskimo Cowboy, Hypa Hypa. It's the greatest video of 2020. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. You have questionable taste, sir. It's it's the greatest song and video of 2020, dude. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Scott, we've got... <laughs> but Scott, we've got some news. What do you say we jump into it? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, why don't you hit up our buddies over at Manscaped? Yes, the news is brought to you guys this week by Manscaped. Head on over to manscaped.com. Summer's upon us. You got to be trimmed up. Got to be smelling nice. And Manscaped has everything under the sun for you to keep smelling nice and trimmed up. From their shears to the lawnmower to the weed whacker. Clean yourself up. Make yourself smell nice. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use code WFP20 at checkout. Save yourself 20%. And get free shipping on everything and anything in your cart. Manscaped.com, WFP20. So, Scott, we had our very first review where this person said that they didn't like us talking G.I. Joes. So, what do you have for G.I. Joes? So, with our G.I. Joe news this week, Jeff, on that note, (laughs) they have a new G.I. Joe video game coming out. It's called Operation Blackout or G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. New G.I. Joe video game. It's going to be released on October 13th, and it's available on numerous platforms, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and TBD. There may be a few others that it comes out on, but again, October 13th, G.I. Joe Operation Blackout, and you can pre-order it on Best Buy right now. I think it's going to be going for like 40 bucks. I'm not expecting too much from it. It looks okay. Uh, there's cool vehicles. The flag is in it, Jeff, the aircraft carrier. Yep. Um, I've seen his tanks, and it's got 12 playable characters. I assume different skins, a bunch of different weapons. So if you're into G.I. Joe, probably going to want to pick that one up. It's got local co-op on it, and you can go online with it for multiplayer. So pretty cool. October 13th, G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. Are you getting it? Uh, Yes, I am definitely going to be buying that. I don't know that I'm going to pre-order it. I'll probably just head to GameStop the day that it comes out, pick uh, a copy up for myself. But I don't think I'm going to pre-order it. Unless I start seeing that like pre-orders are getting slim or they do a special giveaway like a classified figure or a, a retro figure, I might go in and buy it that way, do a pre-order. Or if they do extra characters. But if they're not going to do anything special for it, then I'm just going to... I'll just go to the store and get it. Next up, Super 7. They've got new Slayer figures coming, which leads me to ask... Ultimates? Question mark? I hope so. Ooh. 
I hope so. It's not going to be Ultimates this time around, but I think if the Slayer figures continue to do well from Super 7, you'll see more in their reaction line. And hopefully Ultimates down the road. We did get the King Diamond Ultimate. I have to assume Ghost is their second biggest seller in music. So I'm hoping for Ultimates from them. I'm hoping for Ultimates from Anthrax and Megadeth. But anyway, I digress. New Slayer figures coming from Super 7. Looks to be in the reaction series. Do they have the rights to Anthrax? Yes, they did the Among the Living cover. The old man from Among the Living, they had a uh, reaction figure done of him. In fact, before the pandemic closed everything down, Jeff, Scott Ian was going to be signing autographs at the San Jose Toy Show. And if the Anthrax figure had come out in time, that's what I was going to have Scott Ian sign. I forgot about that. You're right. I forgot that they had made that. Yeah, and I'm hoping next in the Anthrax series is going to be the Knotman. But we'll have to see. It would be really cool if he came with like a skateboard and a little hat. I think that'd be awesome. I actually have a t-shirt of Anthrax with him on it. Would love to see them do a figure of the Knotman. People that are Anthrax or that don't know Anthrax are like, what the hell is Scott talking about? I'll move on for you guys. Listen to Anthrax post Belladonna and oh, you with stop. John Bush. No, you stop. <laughs> no. Belladonna greater than Bush. Don't at me. Oh, that's worse <laughs> than drinking a sour head bang, dude. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? That's two insults in one. Trash Belladonna and Trash Sourhead. Shame on you. Drop your mic and get out of here. Boss Fight Studios, Jeff. They have some Flash Gordon figures coming out. You can pre-order them currently over at bossfightshop.com. There are comic book versions of Flash and Ming and a movie Flash Gordon figure that comes with a lunchbox. Pretty cool. It's exactly what you'd expect from Boss Fight if you've seen their Lucha figures. This is in their Hacks line. And again, that's one Flash and one Ming from the comic book series. You can pre-order them separately. And a Flash Gordon movie figure that comes with a Flash Gordon movie lunchbox. Really, really cool set. I love that lunchbox. Very awesome. And again, that is part of their Hacks line. Love those guys over at Boss Fight. Oh, for sure. And then some sad news this week, Jeff. DC... That would be DC from DC Comics. Did a huge round of layoffs, unfortunately. A lot of people got the axe. And DC Collectibles was shut down after 22 years of manufacturing DC Collectibles and merchandise. So a sad day for the toy community. DC Direct is no more. And I guess really more importantly than that, a lot of very, very talented people lost their jobs, unfortunately. So, RIP DC Direct. Did you ever have anything from DC Direct? No, I didn't. Um, I always admired the stuff, but again, I was pretty much just doing wrestling figures, and that was it. So, I didn't really have a budget for anything DC. Always loved their stuff, though. And unfortunately, now that I've got a little bit of extra toy budget, they shut down. So, it just really sucks. And more importantly, the poor people that lost their jobs, let's hope that they can rebound quickly and find something else. And this doesn't affect DC Collectibles, uh, McFarlane Toys. Oh, that's correct. This is just DC Collectibles that was directly related to DC doing the toys. Now they've pushed the, it looks like the toy line off to McFarlane and their content, it really looks like is going to be heading over to HBO Max. Their content being from the DC Universe app, which I think in all essence is gone at this point. It's not yet. But it will be, and I believe all that content is going to head over to HBO Max. It's kind of another selling point of HBO Max. That's sad, man, especially right now. 
Oh yeah. That's hard. Yeah, for sure. You hate to hear stuff like that. Jeff, moving on. Masters of the Universe news. Oh, people love when we talk Masters. <laughs> as much as they love when we talk G.I. Joe's. It's really cool because the Masters of the Universe has that current tie-in with WWE, so it's very relevant to our wrestling figure podcast. Masters of the Universe news. In their core origins line, they announced four more new figures coming out, that being Merman, Stratos, and these two are beyond me. I don't remember these because I think I had stopped collecting Masters of the Universe when these came out. Ninjor and Roboto. Mr. Roboto. Uh, yes. I believe his full name is Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. I think that's his full name, but it's shortened <laughs> in the figure to robot, just Roboto. So that's the core origins. Four brand new figures, Merman, Stratos, Ninjor, and Roboto. Then they're going to be doing a deluxe line of their core series. They announced four figures for that. You got He-Man with battle armor, and Jeff, we all know the battle armor. That's the one where you tap the chest, and it rolls over, and it shows a strike. You hit it again, it shows two strikes, and so on. This would be very reminiscent of the current Man-E-Faces slash New Day Masters of the Universe crossover figure that you can find on the pegs now. Have you seen it on the pegs? Uh, no, I have not. But I've seen people posting gotcha. them, so they're out there. So you got He-Man with battle armor. You have Skeletor with battle armor. Ram Man. And <laughs> Clamp Champ. All will come with interchangeable heads, an extra hand, and a mini comic. So that will be the deluxe line. Next up, Jeff, Panthor. And this is basically Skeletor's answer to Battle Cat. Going to have two versions, your regular plastic version that you'll find at mass retail, and a flocked version that's basically going to be like fake fur on Panthor, and that's going to be a Walmart exclusive. Which leads me to ask the question, Jeff, with He-Man mm -hmm. and Skeletor each getting their own big cat, how long before we see the Tiger King and Carol Baskin, that bitch, getting their own Masters of the Universe figures? <laughs> I want to see it. There will be no crossover on that one, dude. Damn it. All my hopes and dreams dashed. Rounding <laughs> that bit of news out on the back of the Panther box, both She-Ra, which is a big exclamation point for a lot of collectors, and Zodak were shown as forthcoming in the Masters of the Universe relaunch. Next up, Jeff, there's going to be a Land Shark vehicle. And this is one of the big throwback toys that a lot of people were hoping to get. It was kind of Skeletor's vehicle. And when you push it, it has a shark face on it that opens and closes its mouth. Pretty cool. Next up, Jeff, the Rise of Evil 2-pack. And this will be exclusive to Target. It's going to contain a Skeletor who has two heads. He has his traditional Skeletor head that everybody knows and loves. And what I'm calling a handsome version of Skeletor. Basically before his face got melted off. So you get Ooh. to see what Skeletor looked like with skin on his face. He had a Ooh. mustache. Spoiler alert. And he will also come with Trapjaw. Trapjaw, I knew him from way back in the day as having the jaw that moved up and down. But this is Trapjaw, I guess, before he got the lower half of his face cut off and had a metal jaw inserted. So kind of two throwback figures here. It's really cool. And finally, rounding out the Masters of the Universe news this week, Jeff, there was a fan vote, much like Mattel did with the fan vote series. But this was just for one figure. It wasn't for an entire assortment. One figure, and the fans voted in Triclops. If you want any more information on Masters of the Universe, head on over to mastersoftheuniverse.com and check out what they've got. So a lot of people like hearing you talk about Masters because 
a lot of people are into the Masters of the Universe line that's now just hitting stores. Like a lot of people love the Prince Adam and Sky Sled 2-pack. And so a lot of people like hearing you kind of give updates regarding Masters of the Universe. Well, who's keeping that WWE line alive? That's the crossover with Masters of the Universe. It's Masters of the Universe fans. That's who's keeping it alive. So it completely ties into our show. We're speaking to the guys keeping, or the ladies as well, keeping that line alive. So the more we can do for you guys, the better. And there's new Masters of the Universe news. I'm excited by it. And I showed Shan last night because she was a big She-Ra collector. She had a bunch of the She-Ra dolls. And I'm like, hey, check it out. She-Ra's coming back. She's like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. So hopefully they start making more She-Ra figures in this and just go crazy with it. Dude, I want a big Castle Grayskull. Give us an Eternia. That'd be sweet. I can't buy any of it, but I think it'd be <laughs> cool to see it on the pegs again. I was about to ask, where are you going to put that Castle Grayskull? Oh, dude. There is so much cool stuff right now. And we talk news all the time. We're talking about different figures and toy lines and stuff. Oh, my goodness. With these items coming back, it's just how can you afford all of it? You know, I always joke with Breaker, like, yeah, we're going to have to get a second and third job. Dude, that's reality. If I want to collect He-Man, I'm going to have to go down to 7-Eleven and take a night shift. Like, that's really the only way I can afford to put He-Man into my collection. Because with G.I. Joe's back, wrestling figures are still priority. It's, dude, it's so hard to keep up on all these toy lines. Dude, they would fire you immediately because you'd be at the Slurpee machine. <laughs> Wheezing the juice. That's true. <laughs> the, I would. Wheezing the juice. <laughs> all right, let's head on over to wrestling figures now. Scott... The Nick Aldis figure that you were going to pre-order from Chelly Toys, but it ended up being 50 bucks, will now have a U.S. retailer. You can head on over to BodySlamClothingClub.com. Head on over there. You can pre-order the figure. I actually have been in communications with the guy that runs Body Slam Clothing. His name is Ricky. Very, very good dude. Good people over there. I've been talking to him for quite a while now. But head on over there to BodySlamClothingClub.com and you can pre-order the Nick Aldis figure. They have figures over there. They have the Bretton Goldberg 2-pack with the U.S. title. They have the Triple H in China 2-pack. They had the Rick Rude variant from Elite 77, but that is actually gone. That is all sold out. So at least last I checked. I don't know if he's restocked or whatnot. But head on over there. We've got some cool stuff. They got a Brian Pillman Jr. shirt. They've got some cool stuff going on over there. So BodySlamClothingClub.com. Scott, I'm going to head over to Jazzwares. They showed off the Dustin Rhodes figure. He's in a black and red outfit. He will have half the face paint. Kind of like his bone crunching action that came with Marlena, except not gold and black. It will be in red and black. Very cool. Now, a lot of this news is coming via Wrestling Figure News Source. Matthew Goldberg over there. So the first bit of news, Brandy will be coming in replenishment cases, and she will be more rare. So a lot of the figures you guys are finding out and about right now is a lot of Jericho's, Bucks, Omega's, and Cody. People are not finding Brandy. Be prepared to hunt that one. Also, Jeremy Padauer is doing an Instagram live video as we speak. And thank you to Matthew Goldberg over at Wrestling Figure News Source. He is kind of giving us an update. He says, Sammy Guevara with golf cart. Sammy with the golf cart is in the works for a future release. Now, for non-AEW fans, Sammy was chased down with a golf cart that was driven by Omega and... Or who was in the golf cart? Is Omega and someone else. I forget who was in that. Adam Page, maybe? Might have been. I can't remember. But anyway, Sammy was running from it. It's a great visual. Anyways, Sammy will be coming with the golf cart. 
AEW manager figures, they are definitely a possibility. Example being Arn and Taz for future releases. Possibly Tully? Tully could be in there. They would have the rights to do him. So yeah. Very cool. AEW entrance stage. If they do it in the future, it would probably be a cardboard style version. Subject to change, of course. So basically, I'm kind of thinking of one of those pop-up stages. Yeah. Wow, you have a frowny face. Uh, cardboard, no. Maybe Jax and Mattel have spoiled us with plastic. But man, cardboard, that's that's almost a letdown. I mean, it's cool for like the surrounding, the pop-ups. But man, the main stage, uh, I don't know about cardboard. <laughs> Your face was hilarious, dude. It was like you let one go and just was like, oh, it just hit me. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when Taco Bell settles. You're like, oh. (laughs) AEW Series 2. It will ship out of Hong Kong in September. It can take six to eight weeks to arrive to retailers. Approximately mid to late October in stores, all COVID issues aside. AEW at Target. AEW figures will be at Target in spring of 2021 as long as all goes smoothly. No, no more Target, please. I'm kind of tired of them right now. <laughs> yeah, they've done so well with the G.I. Joe line, Jeff, and and the Turtles figures. And the last bit of news as of right now, AEW International. They will be in Walmart and Toys R Us in Canada as well as Smith's in the UK. All info of Jeremy Padauer on Instagram. Very cool. That's nice to see them expanding out to Canada and the UK. That's great for the fans out there that want those figures. So that's good information. Thank you, Matthew Goldberg. Scott, before we jump into the listener segment, this past week, Kamala passed away. Yes, a huge loss for the wrestling world. And we know that Kamala had health issues. And man, it just, it really sucks. It seems like he was doing okay. And then COVID hit and he was immediately gone. And that's horrible. I feel so bad for his family. Uh, It's it's tragic. You actually got to meet him, Jeff. So that's great that you did. I unfortunately never did get to meet him. Wish I could have. But if you want to start going down his list of figures, we start out with LJN. We had a Hasbro figure from him. Yep. And we also had a figures toy company figure from him. Yes, we did. In their Legends of Wrestling line, there was a Kamala. Yep. We did have a Jack's Classic Superstar of Kamala. Yes. And we had a Mattel Legends Kamala. Yes. And he was actually released a couple other times, or one other time, outside of the Legends line. Correct? When they kind of relaunched the Legends, like the Magnum TA series? Yes, yes. Kamala came out in that as well. So, But that was essentially the same figure as what his Legends figure was. Correct. Yes. So not a lot of Kamala to speak of. I mean, considering the guy was in the WWF from what I can remember from when I started first watching it. So 85, I remember seeing Kamala kind of bounced around. I, I think he was in NWA for a minute. And WWF is where I really knew him from when he, uh, he was feuding with Hogan in around 86. So really, for somebody that was in the business that long, really doesn't have a big selection of wrestling figures. But here's the thing about Kamala. Can definitely be added to the list of figures that were always done right. You know, Mm -hmm. we've got Jim the Anvil on that one, that there's not really a bad Anvil figure. You can really add Kamala to that list, that there really hasn't been a bad Kamala figure. They're all fantastic. The Jax Classic one is my least favorite. I'm just going to say that right now. Okay. It it wasn't... It was... Okay, for the time, 
it wasn't a home run like his to me his LJN was. Okay. His Hasbro was. His Elite is the best Kamala figure, I think, because of just the face, the torso, it captured his body, the mask. I, I think they did such a great job on the Kamala. So I'm going to say the Elite is the best. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to argue with any of that. I didn't hate his Jack's Classic. I thought it was good. Um, I'm going to agree with you to an extent, but I think Hasbro was really good. But dude, ultimately, I think LJN was my favorite. Really? The paint job was good, and the pose was really good. And that was the thing with LJNs is depending on the pose, you could either play with that figure or you couldn't play with that figure. You and I never had it as kids, so this isn't a nostalgia factor at all. But I'm going at it from if I had it as a kid, if we had been able to find Kamala, that thing would have been body slammed at least as much as Bundy. Because Hogan feuded with Kamala, that would have been the go-to match for me. Maybe even feud with Macho Man a little bit. But the arms were in a good pose, and it was perfect for the body splash in the corner or his finishing splash in the center of the ring. So I'm going to go, my favorite is LJN. Everything else is tied for second. I I really don't think there's a bad Kamala in the bunch. The Jax Classic was good. It wasn't great, it was good. The Legends figure, the Elite that you were talking about, is outstanding. The Hasbro is fantastic. I hated the springy pose, but it worked for that Kamala. But overall, I think the LJN is my favorite, dude. You know what the cool thing about the LJN was? Is his hands were up. So you could do the Kamala chop. Yes, the the strike that he did. Yes. Yep. So I thought that was really cool. But just going off of looks, I think the paint and the deco on the Kamala for the Elite. I'm not arguing with you because, you know, as we always say, it's all subjective. But... I just think the deco and everything in the mask and everything that came with the Kamala figure from the elite, I just thought was a home run, but you know what? That's a good point about the LJN is I thought they did good on the paint. I have it outside. Now I purchased it X amount of years later and I love looking at that figure. It's one of those I look at and I kind of get happy because it's one of those figures we didn't have in the collection. Yeah. You just bought that not too long ago, actually like a month or two ago, about a month or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what sucks, too, is LJN was known for their accessories. Mm -hmm. And uh, look at Terry Funk, for example. Came with a branding iron and a hat. But they couldn't put one with Kamala? Like, not even his mask? I think that would have been a kick-ass accessory for the Kamala LJN if they had put his mask with him. And they just didn't. And I think Kimchi would have been a great addition to the manager line. But unfortunately, we never got Kimchi, and we never got a Kamala mask. But I think that would sway you as if LJN had put a mask with Kamala. I think he would top your charge for the Kamala figures. R.I.P. Kamala. I'm glad I got a chance to meet you. I wish I could find his card that he signed. I got a Topps baseball card, and I have no idea where that is, and it's killing me right now. Oh, that sucks, dude. But, yeah, you got to meet him. You know, and you always want to take – we've talked about it so many times on this show. You always want to take the time to meet your heroes. You really do because you don't know at any point they can be gone. And now – I'm sitting here kicking myself that I never got the chance to meet Kamala. Jeff got to. That's great. But don't pass up those chances because you never know. And RIP Kamala, you're going to be missed. Absolutely. Thank you for the memories. Scott, it's time to jump into the listener segment. And also for this listener segment, we have an interview with Mitch Little. And we'll get into the story of why we had Mitch on. So, Scott, what do you say we jump into the listener segment? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? 
just want to hear from my people, and I just want to listen. Scott, our first audio comes in from my tag team partner, Randy. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, Jeff and Scott. It's Jeff's tag team partner, Randy. Uh, just got finished listening to the uh, last week's episode of the podcast. And uh, I was laying there um, and listening to your dad talk. And, and uh, you're a few, just a few years older than me, but I have very young parents. So your dad is about the same age as my grandpa. And... Uh, listening to your dad sounds exactly like listening to my grandfather uh give me advice and i could tell your dad's a pretty sentimental guy and so is my grandpa so it was a pretty weird connection i already feel like i know both of you really well even though we've never met and uh and now i feel like i know your dad like i feel like your dad and my grandpa are like the same are like the same person but um it warmed my heart to hear how proud he was of you and being a dad myself. Like, you know, I get it. And uh, I thought it was so incredibly generous for him to um, hand out those gift cards to your listening, to your listeners and doing things for people that he doesn't know. You've met some of us. Uh, he has met none of us. And so um, I wanted to know if there was a possible way we could get something started, maybe to... Uh, to give back to your dad. Um, your dad's been very supportive of the podcast. Uh, I'm all about giving back to people. So your dad reminds me a lot of my grandpa in that he'll do for others, but he doesn't want people to do for him. And, uh, he, you know, he, he, he'll take care of himself or he'll go without just so others could have. And I really admire that quality. So I'd like to challenge some of the listeners. Maybe we can get together and uh, donate some money for a new chair for your dad. I thought that would be a cool gesture. Um, he gave us a cool gesture, so I would love to give back to him. I'd be more than happy to donate some money towards a new, uh, I believe it was a computer chair that he said that was really old and uh, kind of worn out. I mean, with the money he spent on gift cards, he could have easily bought him a new chair, but he didn't. He, he did for others. And so I think that would be a really cool gesture on our behalf uh, for your father. So... Um, let us let me know if that's a possibility. Let me know if other people are interested and maybe set up something with PayPal so we can uh, shoot you some money for friends and family. And if we do raise enough money to get him a new chair, I'd love to see you videotape it. I'd love to see you um, let us see his reaction because that's the best part. Like uh, the joy that people get from giving is seeing the reactions of the people that are receiving the gift. And I just think it'll be something really cool and maybe something to take this uh, idea of a fig life family to the next level. So let me know what you think. Let me know if anybody else is interested. Uh, hashtag fig life. Adios. Thank you, Randy. That is so awesome. You coming out and asking everybody to pitch in for a chair. My dad is going to, or our dad is going to be so humbled by that. And Jeff was like, you think he wants a new chair? Like, yes, absolutely he wants a new chair. But like Randy said, he won't buy it for himself. So if you guys pitch in and get him one, we'll record it. We'll put it up on Twitter. I think he's going to be absolutely floored because he never asks anybody for anything. And to kind of go behind the curtain again, way back in the 80s, our parents owned a laundromat. And one of the deals was if dad took us to Toys R Us, we had to help him clean the laundromat and sometimes collect the money out of the machines. Cleaning at the laundromat basically entailed wiping the outside and inside of the laundry machines or the washing machines and then wiping the outside of the dryers, sometimes cleaning the traps. 
And then, as I mentioned, sometimes following our parents around with the bags to get all the coins out of the machines. I can't tell you how many times, because it wasn't in the best part of town. It was kind of in a bad part of Hayward. I can't tell you how many times random strangers came up to dad, either while he was collecting or while he was in there doing whatever to the machines he was doing. He either gave people free washes, free dries, bought somebody's kids drinks from the liquor store that was on the corner. He didn't buy him any of the hard stuff. Like, you know, Jack Daniels was not on the menu, but if the kid wanted a Coke or something, you'd get the kid a Coke. Dad would take care of people like nobody's business, random strangers. It's just the kind of person he is. And he really shaped who Jeff and I are today through those actions. So Randy, thank you for recognizing it. Thank you for shining a light on it, drawing attention to it. And if you guys do pitch in and get him a chair, again, we will record it. We'll put it up to Twitter so that you guys can see what that means to him because he won't do her for himself. But if somebody else does for him, he'll probably feel guilty, but he'll truly appreciate the gesture as Jeff and I do, Randy. So thank you. First off, a lot of people reached out and said they loved the interview with mom and dad. And if you guys want to listen to more mom and dad, go back to Mother's Day last year. It's on fullyposablepodcast.com, which basically transfers over to Podbean. But you guys can listen to where mom and dad tell more, even more stories. A great, great episode. You're right about dad. I remember when that pizza place next to the laundromat went in. Do you remember that pizza place? Barbary Coast Pizza. Yes, I do. Wow. Good memory, dude. It was hella good. <laughs> so dad would always buy pizza for maybe a, a kid walking by or um, maybe somebody that, you know, would just kind of hang outside the laundromat like Jay and Silent Bob or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I assure you we're open. <laughs> but but dad would always get pizza for them. You know, hey, you want a slice of pizza? Yeah. I mean, slice of pizza was only like 50 cents, 75 cents or something it, like that. It was super cheap. Yeah, we're talking like mid to late 80s. Yeah, but dad would always buy him a piece of pizza. The one I remember the most and mom lit into dad. There was a lady that was walking out around the parking lot of where the laundromat was. And this lady started talking to dad and I guess she was hard up for money or whatever. And dad just reached into his wallet and gave her 50 bucks and mom lost it on dad because he gave her 50 bucks. But again, that's the type of person dad is, is he's always willing to give and Hey dad, what do you want for father's day? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, guys come over for dinner. What, yep. what do you want for what do you want for Christmas, Dad? Oh, nothing. You know, just come on over. As long as I get to see you guys, open your gifts. Hey, Dad, yep. what do you want for your birthday? Oh, no, you know, it's the same story, same song and dance every single time. Mom's tried buying Dad a new chair. Dad loves the chair he has, but honestly, if you guys were to chip in, I think he would be very receptive to having a chair, a new chair for him, sitting at the computer desk, watching YouTube, watching whatever, <laughs> and then swiveling the chair around to watch whatever's on TV, then swiveling back to watch whatever's on YouTube, and then swiveling. It's, yeah. the, it's the same thing all day for about 14 hours. <laughs> That's why he has to wipe the crusties off the chair at the end of every day because he's been <laughs> doing so much swiveling. But I guarantee that chair ends up in his possession. He will Ric Flair. Guarantee oh. he's going to Ric Flair. Oh, he will Ric Flair. What do we mean by Ric Flair, Scott? The same thing Ric Flair does every time he's in the ring. He's going to cry. <laughs> it's cool that Randy said that it, that was like listening to his grandpa. Dad's very sentimental. Dad's very, um, I don't mean this in a bad way. He's very preachy. 
Um, but that's how he is. And that's why we love him. And, you know, when he does start talking, he gives sound advice. He gives sound life advice. So it's just the way dad is. So, but if you guys want to chip in, you know, if we do get enough money, we will get him that chair. We'll make it happen. So for sure, Randy, thank you. That's very nice of you to even think of that. It's it's for dad to even have a, a chair like that. So yeah, it totally is. Thank you, Randy. Scott, next question comes in from Jonathan Mayer. Hey, Jeff and Scott, Jonathan in Illinois with just a hopefully a quick follow up to my story from last week. Uh, I was able to get the AEW figures. You know, my story last week was about how I I didn't get them. And that's the story for most of us, probably. Hopefully we, we all have them now. But the night that I did buy them, which was on Saturday, you know, I saw Brick Seek was showing some stock and. Walmart's closing at 8.30 p.m., so I go to Walmart at about 8 o'clock, my local Walmart that I've been to every day during the week at open. You know, they never had anything. Um, I look around. There's nothing on the pegs, even though it shows stock. You know, we've all been there. There's no pallets around with stuff that they're going to be putting on the shelves later. Um, There's nothing around at all. There, there weren't many people in the Walmart because it was about to close. So I walk around, you know, I know they're there, um, but, you know, it doesn't look like I'm going to get them. I go by the the main employees only area to the back that they pull all the stuff out from just to kind of look in. I mean, what are the odds that everything that they have in the Walmart that, you know, I'm going to know where this box is. But I look and the second pallet back was toys. You know, I saw some Mattel boxes that had toys written real big on it, so I knew it was toys. Um, then I saw some other boxes with a little pink stripe, which I now have learned is Jazzwares, and, and I've learned that they make a lot of different toys because there's lots of Jazzwares boxes. But I see it there. I look around. I walk in. I find the AEW box. I take it. I walk out. So probably wasn't really supposed to do that, but I've done it. Um, at that point, I walked to, like, the men's clothing section, which is pretty close and kind of sp- you know, secluded a little bit, open up the box, get the five figures that I want because there's no brandy and there's no chases. So I get my five. I, I mean, I'm nervous. I'm not supposed to be doing this. I leave the box there. I go up. I'm nervous that they're going to not ring up. They scan fine. I get the five figures for like $108 with, with tax. And then I take them to my car. Um, all while that other figure is in the men's clothing section, you know, so I, I take them to my car, put them in my car, and I did go back in. I took that box, and I put the Kenny on the show. I was the first one in my local Walmart to put an AEW figure on the pegs, which was then sold within 10 minutes based on the on BrickSeek. But um, I was just wondering how you guys felt about that. Like, I feel kind of guilty that I'm just nabbing them and no one else even has a chance to see them. But I also feel like I put in a lot of legwork for them, and I am not reselling them. You know, they're for my personal collection. Maybe somebody else that would have nabbed them is reselling them. Maybe that makes me, you know, more justified in my mind, or um, I'm just not sure. But these figures, we're never going to see some random kid walking by who looks at them for the first time. That wasn't going to happen with this first set because they were going to be gone immediately. So in my mind, I just figure, hey, might as well be me. But just wondering how you guys feel about that. I know we talk about it a lot, but just I don't know if it's morality and in, in toy hunting or, or, or where, where do we stand on that? Um, thanks, guys. That's awesome, Jonathan. Congrats on finding what is really a unicorn out in the wild. 
Big congrats on that. And you know what? I don't hold it against you at all for going back there and grabbing the case because here's the thing. If you had seen an associate walking around in the toy department and been like, hey, do you have these AEW figures? I see numbers are on BrickSeek. They're going to look at you like you're speaking some foreign language and they're going to be like, no, everything we have is out. Knowing full well that two pallets back in the employee area, they have AEW figures sitting on a pallet, but you would have been given the standard line, especially since they're about to close. No, everything we have is out. And then you turn and walk out the door the next morning. They put those figures out that were there all along and you miss out. So no, I don't blame you for going back there and getting the figures. However, if you had left that box in the men's clothing section and not gone back in and been the first one to put AEW figures on the pegs, I might have held it against you a little bit, but dude, I was so happy when you said that you went back in, you stocked the pegs. Good man, good on you. I hold nothing against you for doing it. It's funny that two weeks in a row, we've had stories of people being very nervous going to purchase figures because we had Steve from the PPW podcast share his story last week about the Legion of Doom bone crunchers and how they were nervous that they were going to get called out at the register. They don't know a thing up at the register. They're just ringing people up blindly. They don't care. So good on you, Jonathan. I'm super happy that you got your set minus Brandy. Yeah, I'm very happy for you, man. I know you were on the hunt for those. You were going to Walmart in the morning where you saw referee Jack Doan. It's kind of cool that hearing that you put the first Kenny on the pegs. That's kind of cool, dude. I don't know. There's something sentimental about that. But I'm happy you found them. And like Scott said, you went and found the case a lot of the associates wouldn't even take the time to even look for anything like that. Like a lot of the workers out here honestly couldn't care less about toys or anything. Oh, hell no. Walmart. I don't know. It's just the feeling I get from a lot of the workers out here is that they're there for a paycheck and don't want to help customers. It's almost like they'll show up at 6 a.m. They'll clock in. They'll do very minimal work at 6 a.m. And then as soon as the crowds start to hit, they run and scatter. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just the way it is out here, at least, or the way it feels. And they've got those magic five words. Everything we have is out. That's what all you're going to hear. So I don't blame Jonathan at all for going to the back and getting that box. Thank you, Jonathan, for sending that in. I'm glad you were able to find them. We're still showing out of stock out here. I did talk to one Walmart employee uh, out in the Modesto area. He said his store isn't going to get them until, I believe, August 18th. Jeez. That's when it's scheduled, so. So much for August 6th, huh? August 3rd. Oh, August 3rd, yeah. Oh, jeez. Gosh, two weeks. <laughs> even worse. Yeah, even worse. <laughs> Thank you again, Jonathan. Scott, next audio comes in from Nicholas. Let's see what Nicholas has got to say. Hello, guys. It's Nick here from London again. Just a quick one, really. Uh, I was listening to the show this week. And you was talking about the G.I. Joe figures, the new ones, which I absolutely love, but I think they're amazing. And then you started talking about the Masters of the Universe figures. Well, this is, this is it, really. A lot of the lads here as well have started collecting the Masters of the Universe figures. Uh, I, think, I think it probably come from the WWE Masters of the Universe figures, you know, when they released them and uh, put the retros on the hiatus. Everyone sort of was a bit wary, but as it's gone on, I think people are really starting to get involved with these Master Universe figures. And now, from there, we've started collecting the the normal Master of the Universe figures. Now, this is the thing, right? This is this is what I wanted to bring up. Do you think that it's pure nostalgia? And because we had them when we was kids, you know, we're like, oh, they're great. Or do you think? that Mattel's WWE distribution is so bad that we're looking for something else to get our fix, you know? 
because you know you walk into a store and and you look about and there's, there's just nothing there that you want from WWE so you sort of look, you're reaching out for something else just something I thought I'd bring up and uh, wonder what you guys thought about it really keep up the good work and uh, hopefully I'll catch up with you again soon one day at Wrestlemania or uh, Wrestlecon somewhere and a big shout out to the uh, HWO boys, the Hasbro boys, or will it be the MOTUWO soon at some point? And uh, yeah, take care. I'll see you soon, guys. Bye. I've got to say I love when Nicholas sends in audio. <laughs> he has such a different point of view that a lot of people don't think of. I love when Nicholas will send in audio. And Nick, till the day we finally sign off, Please keep sending in audio, man. We love it, dude. We love it. I want to catch a beer with Nicholas. <laughs> you will be catching many. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> I was able to meet him in New York, dude. And just awesome, awesome, dude. I remember him and I just geeking out over figures and being in line for Brett. But Nicholas brought another aspect to it is, are we looking to collect something else since we can't find WWE figures on the peg? And that's actually a very good point. But for me, like with the G.I. Joes, Scott and Christopher McLeod of the Full Force podcast, if you want any G.I. Joe news, head on over, listen to that podcast. Fantastic show. It is. But them talking about it is what gotten my desire for it. Going back and watching the cartoons, looking at these new classified figures, which are just mind-blowing. And I'm going to say it right here. As of August 13th, 2020, that Destro figure is figure of the year out of any line. Oh, wow, out of all toys. Well, if okay, say you walk into a store and you've got 30 bucks in your hand. Yes. And you are specifically looking for Mattel WWE figures. As yes. a collector of the wrestling figures, are you walking in with that 30 bucks and you're looking at the uh, the assortment of Mattel figures on the pegs to Nicholas's point about distribution and not finding anything and maybe walking over to the Power Rangers? or to the G.I. Joe Retros, or to the Masters of the Universe figures, and going, hmm, maybe instead of buying an Elite and a basic WWE figure, since they don't have any, maybe I'll just drop my 30 bucks on a Masters of the Universe figure and maybe a Power Ranger, or maybe a Masters of the Universe and a G.I. Joe figure, or a couple G.I. Joes, whatever it might be. I, I, I never really considered that, that you're you're basically shopping the WWE brand. I it never really crossed my mind. So, Nicholas, thank you for bringing this up. That if you go to the store with a set budget and WWE figures aren't there, are you going to throw it to the Masters of the Universe line? Now, I think, to your point, Jeff, it is more nostalgia driving the Masters of the Universe Origins line. I think that is guys our age, maybe a little bit younger, that grew up with the Masters of the Universe toys. And we're the ones that are buying those up. But if poor distribution continues as it is on the West Coast, really, and we've been talking about this for, gosh, it seems like forever, really since the Harley race figure, it it could play into that people are, instead of going and buying Mattels, now they're going to, quote unquote, as Nicholas said, get their fix by buying Masters of the Universe. Or, hey, I keep hearing everybody talking about G.I. Joe. Maybe I'll just buy one figure. More to WWE side, though. You walk into a store with 30 or 40 bucks and WWE figures aren't on the pegs, but hey, look at this other wrestling line, AEW. Let's check these out. Now you're going home with the Young Bucks or you're going home with a Jericho and Omega. Now WWE's potentially got a fan splitting time between AEW and WWE 
and also choosing AEW toys over WWE toys. So now you really start to see the dilemma of bad distribution. So thank you, Nick, for really kind of stirring up this conversation. I don't know if budgets are going to other toy lines to get a fix. Maybe it'll start that way. That, hey, they don't have any Mattels, but I'm just going to buy this G.I. Joe figure. I was going to buy a figure anyway. I'll just buy this one G.I. Joe, or I'll just buy this one He-Man figure. And that's where it starts. Nicholas, thank you so much for your audio. We always look forward to hearing your your takes on stuff. You always have a different aspect and come at it from a different view. So thank you very much. Scott, last listener question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. And this week I wanted to tell you guys about a finger poke of doom I did recently. So a few weeks back, I was on social media one day when I saw you guys had retweeted Jordan Cassatt's tweet about him selling some of his wrestling figures. And one of the figures he had was an Elite 69 Bobby Lashley. Now, I wasn't planning on buying any figures as car insurance was due at the end of August, but I really did want that Elite 69 Bobby Lashley, especially since I missed out on it due to some expensive life problems I had to take care of. So I hit up Jordan, asked him how much he was asking for it. He gave me the price of which was about $27. And I figured, well, if this is going to be my last want purchase before I have to bunker down, it might as well be on a figure I missed out on due to life circumstances. So I gave Jordan the money and not long after the figure arrived at my doorstep. JT, thank you for sending that in. Look, we've talked about it so many times that sometimes in life you're forced to choose between paying your car insurance or buying a wrestling figure. Luckily you were able to do both and hopefully things get better financially. But Jeff and I have both been there. We've talked about it many times. I'm still in that boat sometimes where, you know, I got to pay a bill so I can't afford to buy this thing that I want. And it sucks. That's part of life, but I'm glad you were able to shoehorn in a Bobby Lashley figure, man. Congrats on that. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's always good to fill in one of those uh, missing pieces but like Scott says, filling holes, filling holes. Yes. <laughs> so it's always great feeling to just do that and be able to get that taken care of. So glad you were able to get that Lashley figure. Scott, we're going to round out the show. We interviewed Mitch little just recently, and I'm going to have you go into this because you were the one that kind of set this up. Uh, why did we interview Mitch? Well, let me first start off by apologizing to Mitch directly because I wasn't able to be a part of the interview. I wanted to be, But the day he was available was Peyton's birthday, like her actual day of her birthday. And I couldn't make it for the interview. So Mitch, I apologize to you, my friend. I wanted to be on there. That was the deal. It was just literally the one day in August that I couldn't do it was the day. So to you, Mitch, I apologize. The interview was great. Mitch reached out. He wanted to be on the show and he wanted to contribute to the show financially and we're not about that, Jeff and I, we won't take money, but I did tell Mitch, now we had this conversation in July. I told him we're currently doing a thing where all proceeds from our shirts that Jeff and I get are going to rain.org. So instead of giving money to Jeff and I, how about you donate to rain.org? Like if you really want to do something, let's do that. And then we'll have you on for an interview. And he said, perfect, let's do that. Mitch donated to rain.org. Again, if you guys are interested in rain.org, that's R-A-I-N-N.org. They are the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization out there. They're doing great work. Mitch donated, and that led into the interview that Jeff did this past week with Mitch. 
Mitch has such an interesting story, just meeting wrestlers out and about, how he got autographs, just so many interesting stories that I'm excited for you guys to hear. So without further ado, let's get into that interview with Mitch. Joining me via telephone is Mitch Little. Mitch, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. We're thrilled to have you. You wanted to donate or get something of ours. And Scott said, you know what, man, just donate to rain and we'll have you on and all that stuff. And we want to thank you from us over here. That's uh, not a problem, man. You guys work hard and y'all deserve every penny. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. That means a lot, man. So Mitch, you and Sam Finley are actually notorious for your autographs, for your t-shirts and meeting wrestlers out and about. And you've been doing it for such a long time since, what would you say? The mid nineties or late nineties? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you've met so many wrestlers. Has there been any wrestlers that kind of snubbed you or any wrestlers that wouldn't sign for you? Uh, Flair, Vader, Shane Douglas, uh, Buff Bagwell would never sign a Nitro event or nowhere outside the arena, but now he's begging to give his autograph away. So. <laughs> so how did you start doing this? Like, how did you start hanging out outside, waiting for the wrestlers? Did you know where they parked? Did, how did you figure all this out? Uh, the WWF finally had a pay-per-view in your house, Beware of Dog, uh, three hours from my house. And me and my brother, we went to get tickets to Old Fashioned Way, first come, first serve, and we all, we got front row seats. And so when it was time to go to the event, we said, hey, let's just go early and see if we can meet some people. And I said, okay, I'm 16 at this point. I, I really wasn't prepared too good. But we met, you know, Yokozuna that day and Ahmed Johnson, uh, Owen Hart. I met Owen Hart for the first time that day, and he was cool. He was cool to us, and uh we really didn't meet too. Oh, Mr. Perfect, we got him that day. Mm-hmm. But this and this security ran us off because we were technically in the parking lot. Okay. But, but you know, and uh, I started. Uh, you know, we just started going to Rawls and Nitros early to get there and try to meet the wrestlers and go to the, the hotel closest to the arena. That's how we met Vince for the first time, and we we got a bunch of people that way. So how was it meeting Owen Hart? He was great. Uh, first time I met him, was, oh, after, where I, first time I got a figure sign was after that. He came to a house show in uh, 98. WWF just did WrestleMania, and they was doing the loop around here. And they had a show at uh, Furman University, a small show. And we was waiting on Owen Hart uh, to come, and he pulled down in a cab. He was late getting to the show. And security's like, you guys can't go down there. And Owen said, come on, come on down here. And I had five bone crunchers and one Hasbro, and he signed everything we had, and he couldn't have been nicer. Oh, nice! And he was he, cool about it. He signed your Hasbro, huh? Oh yeah, he signed. He he signed that. My two pack bone cruncher with Brett, the best of '97, the championship box set, and I think I got one more. Oh, and the series two bone cruncher. So I got five that day. Nice. Now, how did you come up with the idea of getting autographs on Hasbro's? Your- I had some, you know, uh, the yellow cards were, I got, Sean Mock was the first figure I got signed, and uh, KB had a lot of those three for 10, so I had one carded on my wall, and I had one loose I played with, mm-hmm. and so we, we went to a show, and I said, well, I'll just take this Hasbro and get it autographed, I mean, what's better than this? Yeah. It's better than a, it's better than a magazine. I mean, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's definitely better than that, or a picture, mm-hmm. or a trading card. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what, what happened. I just started taking them with me, and my friend said, that's a good idea, I'm going to do it too. That's funny you mentioned the KB3 for 10. Did they still have Hasbro's on the peg around 96? Uh, They had some left over for sure. They definitely had them in 95. Only if we had that DeLorean, you know? I'm telling you, man. And I I never saw the green cards in my area. Never. 
but that's the one series we never got here. It's funny just going back and thinking about all those green card and yellow cards and all that stuff oh, yeah. sitting on the pegs and three oh, yeah. for 10 and who would have known, yep. who would have known? I know. I know. Who knew, who, who knew that, uh, blue card rage room on purple figures is so valuable now when it was three for 10. <laughs> so you also have are notorious for going to flea markets and picking up a bunch of wrestling figures, just also a lot of nostalgia stuff, maybe old video games, um, oh, yeah. other other toys. Is there ever one toy that you picked up and you just got it for a screaming deal? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got the Fright Zone from the Masters of the Universe and the Bots for a dollar. Uh, I got a Carded Shearer for three bucks. I got LJNs about five years ago at Whitehorse. They had everybody loose but the Warrior. I mean, they had Rude, Haku, Boss Man for like two bucks a piece, and I couldn't believe it. Whoa. And, I was like, ooh, I need, I did, and they didn't have Brett or Nightheart, but they had Haku, they had Warlord, Boss Man, they had a lot of heavy hitters. Oh, I said I'll take, I'll take those, please. <laughs> so you, to say the least, you come across a lot of people that don't recognize what they have. No, they don't. That they just think it's a wrestler from the '80s, and they're more likely to price Hulk Hogan higher than Haku. Cause they just think, well, he's Hulk Hogan, he's worth more. That makes a lot of sense. So when you get these figures, do you feel like? I got to pay and now I need to get out of here. Absolutely. I can't give him my, <laughs> my book back quick enough. <laughs> because it, it, it that, I mean, that happens sometimes nowadays. It's kind of like, if you don't get it out of there quick enough now, somebody will walk up and say, Hey, that's worth a hundred bucks. And because they're mad, they didn't get it. Right. And I've missed stuff too, but I keep my mouth shut and keep moving, move, move, move on to the next item. So have you sold off a lot of those LJNs that you've gotten? Yeah. I did. I, I I didn't keep any of them. Uh, I didn't really collect LJNs. I just uh, mostly was a Hasbro person, but uh, I wish I would have kept them now, that's for sure. You've probably made a couple of dollars off of those. Yeah, a few, few dollars. I've got three uh, LJNs carded. I've got Bobby Heenan, Vince, and uh, Bret Hart carded, and I, they're all signed. Oh, where did you, by the way, where did you meet Vince to get that signed? Probably at a hotel uh, when he came to Raw. I mean, he, I always, he always stayed at the same place. We knew where he stayed here and Atlanta all the time. And, if you get him in a hotel, he'll stop for you. Is it one of those starstruck things where you're like, holy crap, it's Vince McMahon? Oh, absolutely. It still is. If I was to meet him every day of the week for a year, it still would be the same reaction every time. <laughs> so you also are notorious for running your own booth at toy shows. Has yes. Has anybody ever tried to get over on you on any toys or anything like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. People say, how much do you take for everything? I say, I, I, I buy a wholesale. I don't sell that way. Uh, people all the time try to get over it. I mean, when I go to a show, I, I try to keep it a little bit under eBay uh-huh. because I don't, want, I don't want people to come to my table and go, well, that's how much it is on eBay. You know, I, don't, I don't want to hear that. Right. But, uh, s- some things, you know, I try to keep realistic, and they still try to talk you down. That's just the, way, that's the nature of the beast now. You can have something for 20 bucks that sells for 50 and they go, how about 10 How about 5 I usually have to run off more dealers than anybody else. They want to come and try to buy me out. Well, you take for everything. Why can't I buy this? I say, go away. Please go away. So what's the biggest sale you've ever done? Uh, and- probably, my, probably my video game convention is probably the biggest. I sold a uh, $1,000 video game last year. Really? Which one? Uh, Flintstones, uh, Flintstones Dinosaurs Peak on NES in the box. It actually was worth more when I had it five years ago. It actually dropped in price, but... I got it out of a storage unit, so, you know, I still made a good profit. I think I had 10 bucks in it. <laughs> I'd say you made a pretty good profit on it. Holy. Yeah, I'd, say, 
I'll say so. How about for wrestling figures? What's the biggest sale you ever made? Uh, oh God, it's a good question. Probably something. Well, I just recently sold uh, Hassan Kid and David Hart Smith Lucy Leets, and I think they went close to about 40, 40 bucks a piece loose complete. And I said, I know that's David Hart Smith's only figure, but still, who's paying forty bucks for him loose? Not many people are. No, I mean, Tyson Kidd has two elites, but it's just, that stuff's crazy now to collect. I would never do it. I'm happy to have what I've got. It's like now trying to get those Legends figures now to raise Ramon and Valentine. You don't get the case as soon as they hit, it's over. Have you ever made a trade with anyone where you're just like, I feel like I'm getting over on you? Uh, Not really. Um, maybe when I was younger, I got took advantage of. I traded a uh, buddy of mine's friend for a uh, Dusty Rose. He wanted my Dusty Rose Hasbro. I only had one. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a Bret Hart, you know, the first Bret Hart Hasbro. I couldn't ever find it in the store. And I, you know, and we did an even trading. But years later, I, when I got older, I said, man, what a bad trade that was. <laughs> I would end up finding the Bret later on three for 10. Oh. Those were hitting stores while the Red Cards was coming out in 94. KB was still getting Hasbro's. It was two or three years old at the time. Cause Flair would be on the shelf as a Hasbro. I said, well, hell, he's been in WCW now for over a year. Mm-hmm. So you were telling me, and you were mentioning about a rumor of giving away a high-dollar figure to a wrestler? Oh, yeah. I gave a lot of figures away over the years to, like, Edge, Christian, the Hardy Boys, Al Snow, Bob Holly, mostly Titan Trons and the Bone Cruncher, stuff like that back in the day. But uh, I gave away a green card, if you can believe that. Uh, do you want to take a guess of which one I gave away to the individual? Okay, I'm going to say you... Okay, so I know you've met Yoko... Um, I don't think you've met Ludwig. Nope. Possibly smoking guns. There could be a Billy, uh, one, two, three kid. I'm going to go Yokozuna. No, I actually, that's one of the two green cards I don't have signed. I've got all five of them signed except for Yoko and Borga. I gave away Crusher's green card to him at a, at a Nitro. He was signing uh, figures for us and the yellow card and, he, and I handed him the green card. He said, you know, I don't have this one. You know, I'm 20 years old. I'm thinking, I just take mine. Take <laughs> it. He said, "Cool, man," and I uh, appreciate it. Then I saw him about five or six years later at a wrestler reunion in Florida, and I had my own green card this time. Uh-huh. He has he has his wife with him. And I handed it to him to get signed. He said, "Hey, honey, you ever seen this figure before?" He said, "I got one years ago by a fan. I didn't have it." I said, "Hey, that's me." He looked at me. He said, "Is it?" I said, "I said where at?" I said, "I gave it to you in Atlanta." He said, "That's right. It is you." And so he signed my green card. Thanks, Crush, WWF, Ryan Adams, NWO. He did the same thing on the Bone Cruncher, best of 97. He uh, wrote, thanks, Crush, WWF, and Ryan Clark, NWO. I'm, I'm going to tweet those out so people want to see them. Yes, but, yeah. please. Uh, yeah, that's the most expensive thing I've ever gave away. And some people have been like, oh, my God. And it's it's like a three or $400 figure now, maybe higher. Well, but, yeah, that's one of those things where you look back and you're like, uh kind of wish i didn't I mean, do that but i i had no regrets about it you know I, it was, I had a good story behind it in a moment you know so i was i was like whatever just take it it's funny too because you were talking about how figures are hard for you out there are you noticing that wrestling figures are just flying off the pegs or is it all toys in general well i would say the wrestling figures are flying off the pegs like, like we said earlier the, the resellers are getting everything first and they're doing the same thing with the he-man figures that are hitting they, get, they, they, they did it when the Ghostbusters came back out, and mm-hmm. now they're actually hanging. Yep. So, uh, 
it's a bad time to be a collector of anything. Anytime anybody can make a buck, everybody's got a smartphone. Everybody thinks they're smart, but they're not. Yep. But, uh, and and these and the figure community is oh, we're trying to help everybody out. Every time I get on a figure community, thirty five dollar figure, forty dollars here, you know, this this is like everybody's selling. No one's selling for its that is that cost. Yeah. Very very rarely. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny too because like a lot of people were shocked that I was selling the Black Dino Power Ranger for cost plus shipping. Yes, that's that's good of you. And they were I like did. they were like I can't find this figure, and I'm like I've got a bunch of them over here. I'll i'll go it's cost plus shipping that's all you got to do you know i mean stuff is scarce i mean i buy and resell too but i mean enough is enough with this stuff buying everything off the shelf i mean i'm a collector too of certain people mm-hmm. it's like it's like finding razor ramon's difficult yeah i know did you ever think it would come to this i did not actually i didn't think it would get this bad it's like the closest thing we had to it back during the bone crunching days is the blue blazer figure because it hit about the same time he died, so of course that figure went up in price. It was double price, so he couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. A, he just died. B, it was a Walmart exclusive, and it was his only figure as the Blazer. So yeah, I could, back then it made sense because people was buying them for five bucks and selling them for twenty, which is four times the money. But people still paid it with a smile on their faces. Now we we all pissed off about it. We're all angry about everything now. <laughs> I don't blame people. I don't blame people about it. But these scalpers are just going to the store. And just grabbing up everything and not even leaving anything, like oh, it's like I mean, it's like one guy on Facebook had like fifty of the fiends or whatever. I got fifty of these. I'm thinking you're just a prick. I said sell them now because he's gonna get reissued a thousand times. Yep, exactly. Because there was a gentleman that had about fifty of them. He ordered from RSC. Yes, and he was selling them for about seventy five bucks a piece. But, that been, that's the same guy I saw. Okay, yeah, it had to have been. But he was selling them for seventy five bucks a piece before they hit the shelves. So he was he was he just Yeah, I, I guess it's one of those you can't be mad at the seller, but at the same time it's you kinda turn an eye to him and like, uh, not cool, well, dude. I mean, I feel like the Fiends fan base, you correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like most people that would want that figure in theory should be kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got adults too, you know, in the late 30s and 40s who like, you know, the current people. But I feel like most people want to pop that and play with it call their kids. They need that, they need that version of him. 100%. But, Any other fun signing stories? Uh, Hogan, the first time I met Hogan was interesting. What happened? That was the, well, that was uh, June of 2002, right before he left the company. Uh, they had a show in Asheville, North Carolina. And the building is, mostly everybody's parked, you know, inside the building in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. So me and my buddy, we ride up there, and the only reason we're going is to try to get Hogan. So I take I take four Hasbro's with me. I take two toy biz just for the hell of it. He takes his four Hasbro's, and we go with his wife, and we go, and we're waiting outside the arena. You know, people driving right past us. We don't get nobody except for Rico. Rico comes out and signs for everybody. He's real nice. Mm-hmm. And the show's about to start, and I see a limo pull up. I said, this got to be Hogan. <laughs> and my, my buddy, he left. His, his wife had to use the bathroom, so he picked a bad time to leave. Uh-oh. So Hogan, so he pulls in a limo, he gets out. It's me and this girl standing there because she's waiting too. And I said, Hogan, I said, Hogan, Hogan, will you come sign? He said, I'm coming, brother. I said, oh my God. So he walks out to us. You know, I hand him four Hasbro's. He signs them all. And then she gets her book signed or whatever. And he's still standing there. So I grab my buddy's four Hasbro's and get those signed. And he's still standing there signing stuff for random people are going to the show. And they go, oh my God, it's Hulk Hogan. Then they keep going. 
So I got two more toy beers in my bag. I said, shit, I'm going to get them signed too. <laughs> so he signed, he signs them too. And now we, I, we, me and the girl both get pictures with him. She takes my picture. I take hers and he leaves. He said, that's it, brother. I said, that's it. I'm good. Thank you. And he walks away. <laughs> that was it. And about 20 minutes later, my buddy walks up. I said, hey man, check your bag. You missed something. He said, what? I said, check your bag. He said, oh my God, you met Hogan? I said, yeah. I said, I didn't sign those myself. <laughs> That is a great story, man. That's awesome that you thought of him to do that. And that's cool that Hogan stood there the entire time and signed everything. He signed eight Hasbro's, two toy beers, and he signed my hat that I had on it. I had an old Hogan hat when I was a kid, and it still fit. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, <laughs> no, he was cool about it, man. He was, he was awesome about it. That is awesome. Mitch, I want to thank you for being on, man. This meant a lot. From Scott and I, unfortunately, Scott couldn't be here. It's his daughter's birthday. But from Scott and I, we want to thank you for donating over Terrain on our behalf and on behalf of the Fig Life. So we want to thank you, man. That meant a lot. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. I'd love to be back on any time. I've got a lot more stories to tell. I bet we could just sit around just listening like kids at a campfire. Oh, yeah. We could talk about Hasbro's for hours. Oh. That's, what that's what I'm really passionate about. Oh yeah, that's a that's a whole different story we could all go off on. <laughs> Definitely. But Mitch, thank you very much for being on. You're welcome, brother. Again, thank you, Mitch. That was awesome. And I love the story about Hogan, how Hogan just came over and started signing and signed Hasbro's. That's just awesome. But Mitch, thank you very much for being on. It was good talking to you. It was my pleasure being able to talk to you. So thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you, Mitch, for the donation. Thank you for doing the interview with Jeff. That's awesome. You have one of the most impressive collections I've ever seen. And if you're following Mitch on Facebook currently, he's actually doing a thing where every day he's posting an autographed figure that he has in his collection. So if you're on Facebook, definitely give Mitch a follow. You're going to see some amazing stuff. He just got finished doing like 60 days of vintage wrestling t-shirts. And now he's doing, I don't know how many days of showing off figures in his collection Prepare to be impressed. But Mitch, thank you very much for the donation. Thank you for doing the interview on the show. He's also doing that year-long thing of autographs on Twitter as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Mitchie, M-I-T-C-H-Y, baby, S-C. Give him a follow. I've been retweeting everything he's been throwing up for signed stuff. So it's, it's really impressive. Thank you again, Mitch, for doing that. Scott, that rounds out the show. I want everybody to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Over at Wrestling Toy Tracker, you can get the prices of Galoobs, LJNs, Hasbros, Just Toys Bendums, Defining Moments, and Retros. Go check them out over there, WrestlingToyTracker.com. Scott Egomoss. Yes, if you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone, look no further than Egomoss. Give them a follow on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore Check out their great line of WWE statues that come in a full color box. Clear plastic front so you can see the featured wrestler statue inside the box. And on the backside has a full color magazine. If you're interested, again, on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. And check out all their cool WWE statues of superstars from then, now, and forever. I want to throw it back to the podcast, buddy. Obviously, I'm going to start off with Breaker and Bane, two great guys over there doing Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. They do toy talk, wrestling talk, movie talk, comic book talk, just a bunch of talk, and they have a guest in each week. They had just finished up with Good Brother Mike. We'll see who their next guest is. So check them out at Breaker and Bane's Power Hour on iTunes. Also check out Breaker's Back to the Nintendo 
over at Doing the Favor, they are doing some great, great stuff. First off, check out their website, where over there they've got a list of all the UPCs, SKUs, and DPCIs that you need. It'll link you right over to BrickSeek or PopFinder. So check out doingthefavor.com. Great, great tool over there that they've put together. It's all for free. You can sign up also. You can trade with people. You can buy figures from people. Awesome, awesome tool they have over at doingthefavor.com. Now, for the show, there's this guy named Eric, dude. Eric is my boy. Oh, I see you're fighting with Barry again. He made fun of my hair. <laughs> and I, I don't poke fun at his beard. I mean, I mean, the beard is epic. I mean, if you see that thing, that thing is just, that thing is just epic, I will say. <laughs> he made fun of your hair? The hair I had uh, back in the 90s. He made fun of hair that you no longer have? No, I still have hair. I understand. But he made fun of the long hair that you used to have in the 90s that you have now shaved off. I don't make fun of his beard. You're mad at Barry over old hair. I don't poke fun at his beard. <laughs> You've mentioned this several times. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that you didn't make fun of his beard. Thank you. That's all I needed. You've, you have now rectified the situation. Thank well, you. <laughs> hey, if I'm good at anything, it's rectifying. <laughs> okay, let's leave that part out. <laughs> By the way, a couple of people reached out and said that it was hella funny when I sneezed on the episode last week and it scared the shit out of you. G- GBM reached out and he said he was cracking up. <laughs> yeah, a few other people did. It was hella funny, dude. I didn't know you were going to leave that in, but you literally scared the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> So again, check out doingthefavor.com or check out their show on iTunes at Doing the Favor. Also, I want you guys to check out the Positively Pro Wrestling podcast. This past week, they talked about wrestling with shadows with the Bret Hart documentary. Oh, yes. They went in depth on that one. I thought that was pretty cool. So go check that out. Positively Pro Wrestling podcast on iTunes. Also, another one, Scott. Owen Anderson, the Federation Fanatic podcast. Fun, fun episode. They're about 30 minutes. He goes over old school WWE shows. Very fun. He knows so much about the stuff that we grew up on, like stuff before he was born. He just knows so much about. Yes, he's a young historian and he's a great dude. He's a great follow on Twitter, a great follow on Facebook. I correspond with him frequently. He loves Taco Bell like I do. There's a lot in common there. (laughs) Owen is a great, great dude. Definitely give his podcast a listen. It'll be worth your time. It is the Federation Fanatic Podcast. Check it out. Every single week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies. Ryan Buds does Trivia with Buds Daily, where he throws trivia at you. Also, I want to throw it over to RJ over at the Ringside Rant. Good, good guy over there. And also, happy birthday to Rucker over at Boot to the Face. Happy birthday to you, kind sir. Scott, roll call. First up, happy birthday, Rucker. Next first up, as always, throwing it out to the great Jason Wolf. He does our artwork. He can do your artwork, too. Give him a follow on Twitter at JasonWLF. He's hilarious. He does great work. And if you're looking for art, Jason is your guy. Again, on Twitter, at JasonWLF. Stay tuned for a new upcoming design to complete your fully posable wardrobe. Little spoiler there. Ooh. And Jeff, finally this week, I want to round it out with our figure photographers. Some fantastic guys out there doing fantastic work. First up, Sean Welch Photos. The dude's work is just incredible. Give him a follow on Twitter at Sean, that's S-E-A-N, Welch Photos. Next up, Jeff, 
V Trigger Figs. Give them a follow on Twitter at V Trigger Figs. The great Ralphie Vibes, one of the four winners of a $50 gift card courtesy of our dad. Give Ralphie a follow on Instagram at Elite Figure Vibes. And that's V-Y-B-Z. And Jeff, of course, I have to throw it out to the great Nate on Twitter at Ringskirts. A hell of a guy. A hell of a photographer. Give Nate a follow. Again, on Twitter at Ringskirts. And Jeff, that rounds out Roll Call. And Scott, that rounds out episode 239. Man, next one is 240 because that's how numbers work. Yes, very good. Very good. Here we thought public schools didn't do anything for you, but you know that 240 follows 239. Good on you, brother. I did not go to school during a pandemic. That's how I know this. (laughs) Damn it, we missed out. (laughs) So Scott, for episode 239, anything else? Fig license 2016. Happy toy spotting. And R.I.P. Kamala. Thank you to everyone for listening to episode 239, hashtag Fig Life. Adios. Holy uh, yeah. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.